Welcome to Design Talk. In this episode, we speak with Bernard Harris, Head of Trust and Safety for TikTok EMEA. This pod was recorded on Tuesday, the 9th of February, 2021. Go for it, Alan. Just do it. Just give us a countdown, you know, when you turn on the camera. Five, four, and then yeah, go, three, you know, two, one. and star wipe, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah, Fuzz, uh, please introduce and uh, let's get into it. Perfect. Thank you very much, Bernard, for uh, joining us today. Uh, we will be having a conversation with you regarding supplier capabilities in terms of outsourcing and offshoring. I'll be passing it to Caroline Willis, who's going to be your interviewer today. Awesome. Thanks, Fuzz. Bernard, how are you? Hey, uh, how's it going, Caroline? You well? Yeah, doing doing well, doing well. Good. Um, so obviously, we are very excited. We're thank you so much for joining us. I think I've sent like you a thank you every single time I've emailed you, but I know everyone's <laughs> excited to get to know you today. Um, so basically, to give just a little bit of a breakdown about Bernard, he is actually working on the outsourcing team in TikTok right now, but he's also worked for some amazing companies like Accenture, was where he met Foos. Um, and he actually has a major in cyber psychology, and he has also some work experience in India. So to give you a breakdown, Bernard, we've actually um, like had some case studies about working in India. We've also had um, some like having to talk about like emotional intelligence and you know being able to act well with um, customers and suppliers. So we've been saying you are like the perfect guest host for today. So we'll break it. We'll give you more information about that as the podcast goes on. And um, I think the first question I do want to ask is we've had a major conversation about the core capabilities and competencies that you see in suppliers. So from your experience, what were some of the like, what are some really good capabilities or competencies um, that you would believe are important for suppliers in order to succeed? Yeah, uh, look, uh, firstly, great to be here, genuinely. And I'm really hoping that I can share some of my insights and I hope I I can um I suppose I've been across the landscape uh, for so many years of different suppliers. And it's interesting when I read your questions, I was like, wow, Um, I wouldn't have thought of those questions, but I've come across them in so many different ways. I've, I've, I've head butted against the wall so many times in the supplier capability uh, arena. So some of the key attributes to what we, uh, so some of the key attributes in, in suppliers that we look for um, that I would look for, is um and, and and I just want to caveat this it does depend on what size of business that you that you're running but nonetheless some of the key things that we look for is experience is the first thing right have they done it before because sometimes obviously when I look for a supplier I'm looking for somebody to fill a business need and a business a business gap right so I humbly go to them and say listen I need you to do something that we don't either don't want to do don't have the ability to do, don't have the budget to do it in, in, in the speed at which you have the experience to do it in. And that's key. Um, it's, I've seen it so many times. I've seen that when we go to suppliers, um, you know, or go to tender on things, um, for some reason, and I don't know why, they don't double down on the experience of um of their business to to hit um, uh, to to make impact for their for the partners that they worked for in the past, and it always surprises me with suppliers why they don't uh, actually double down on the specific need that we've requested, and they've said we have done this before, and these are the pitfalls. They talk about their successes, 
but they very rarely talk about their pitfalls, which I'm really interested in because they're my pitfalls. They're the ones that I, they're the things that we're, we're going to fail at. And I need somebody to have experience, not just obviously make impact, which is really important, but also have, you know, have the scars to prove it, you know, and I look for those scars. I say, where did you fail? And what did you do about it? And and that shows to me that they've they've been in the battle, they've been in they've been in the war, and that's key. So experience is another. Um, in, in right now in my role, one of the key attributes I look for is scalability, um, and such a vital thing. And and it's it's such a buzzword, isn't it? Scalability. Can you scale? But some of the things, if you just look at what you look for in scalability, is um, you know have they got global reach? How fast have they worked with other partners to scale either people or resources? Um, and and their financial state, obviously, right? There's their stability, right, as an organization themselves. Um, so there's some of the key things that I look for. Second, the third thing that I'd look for, but they, uh, if I was to prioritize, I'd, I'd find it really hard to prioritize, to be honest with you. And maybe that's just because in this arena, I look for a number of things and I probably have an index that's subconscious to me. Um, but if I was to look at, I look for the culture fit to, to, to us. Um, and that's really important. People buy people. They don't buy organizations. They buy the person sitting in front of them. And it's really important that they can show that they're a cultural fit. Um, and we've seen it in many newspaper clips things uh, over over a wee while when brands distance themselves from suppliers and that's because it's not a cultural fit because you know they they quickly want to cut off you know a supplier no no we've cut off from that supplier we don't deal with them anymore because they don't you know support our brand um values as such and that's really key that's really important um, as as a as a person who who manages a lot of people uh, around the globe, right under under my remit, it's vital that our our suppliers look after their people because I'd expect that from us. So it's a, it's a really important thing to 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 look out for when you, when you're looking at your suppliers. What's their culture? What how are they? How do they fit to your values? Um, and it's so important. You may not speak that way. You may not look for that, but you may look for how do you treat people? What's your management ratio? What's your wellness program? Um, you know, how, how do we get over issues together as a partnership? And again, not to be too buzzwordy, but I always talk about, and you, and you can see this in behaviors, how, um, you know, partners, suppliers, there's a fine line, right? What you want to be is you want to get partners. You don't want to just get suppliers that give you from here. Here's a product, right? You want somebody to partner with you and to show you, well, that's a pitfall or that's an issue. Or have you thought about this for your business? Kind of who can saddle up with you. And that's what I will want in a partner. Somebody who is thinking about our business just as much as we are. Um, so they're the values. I hope I didn't go OTT on that, but they're some of the things that I look for in a supplier. Yeah, no. just and just ask a quick question uh is the would you suggest would so based on what you just said um so you you'd rather prefer having a partnership that's more long term or would you prefer having a list of suppliers for instance to pick and choose from each time you need to get into a project 
I think it's a bit my. I, I think it would be a bit blinkered if you just look at suppliers on one off, even if it's it's a product they're producing for you. I think it's a, and this is my opinion, right? This is also my opinion, because um, suppliers you want to have a relationship with because you may engage with them in a year's time again, right? And you, so it's it's it, it's a good thing to 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 see them as partners uh, constantly and not just a one off. And on their side, they want to be partners to you too. But in the in the role that I'm in, uh, I have to see five years, ten years down the line, right? And that's difficult at times. Hence why when I'm looking at suppliers, I, I, I have three levels of, of suppliers, right? You have strategic partners who, who you go, I want to be with them for the next five years. And they can help me more in my business to see what I don't, to, to tell me what I don't know, right? And that's what I want from a partner, to watch my back and go, listen, you haven't thought of this or you have thought of this. And I go, amazing, because I don't think of everything. I can't think of everything because I'm juggling so many different things. So you want a partner to 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 come in with you and to to be on that journey with you. I've tactical partners who potentially could come into a strategic partnership relationship, but I've tactical partners that I say, do this. That's a ring fenced request that I have for you. Do that and deliver. End the story. But the good tactical partners that I have always nudge me to try and be more strategic with me and go, look, have you thought of this? I don't know if you're thinking about scale and so on and so forth. So there are different various levels of conversations I have with partners. Um, but nonetheless, I would say you always need to think long term. Um, uh, you always have to have a, a backup plan. What if one supplier failed? No matter what business you're in, uh, from SMB all the way up to, to, to large enterprises, you need to have um, a risk assessment of suppliers because whether you like it or not, they play a critical role in your business and delivering for your consumer life cycle or whatever your 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 product is, and you you, you kind of need to have a, a bit of a backup. Um, so always think think long term, no matter what, um, and always have a backup plan too. Right? Always because if a supplier fails, yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty serious, right? Because uh, they're. I find, last thing I'd say on this, I find if you think short-term, you're not viewing the supplier correctly. You're, you're just seeing them as somebody who just gives you stuff. Well, actually, they don't. They're just as important as uh, to your co- customer, even though they don't face to your co- customer, whoever that customer is. They're just as important to your customer as your internal people or your internal processes. Right? Um, they don't have to face your customer to be, to be important. To actually kind of add on to that anyway. So obviously, like like you said, you want to be developing like long-term relationships with a lot of people. Is there any like external, like you were kind of talking about like some of the capabilities, but is there any, like obviously you kind of have to take into account like external things like regulations, even like data protection and policy. So how much of an impact does that make when you're making those kind of decisions? Look, the the, the global um uh i suppose globalization now right we can actually really use that term now globalization because it, it completely has brought you know this whole issue with the pandemic has brought it to the fore and we are really global right um and um you, we uh certainly in, in in my role i have to uh consider uh a supplier and where they are 
price um, and impact and without giving too much confidentiality away. But um, we have to, I have to be really careful of picking a supplier uh, and what their current regulations are. Like, for example, do the government like our product or not, right? Um, uh, and that's weird to say that, right? Does a government like our product? But the arena that I'm in, I have to ask that question, right? Uh, do, can a government turn off the internet in a moment's notice, right? And that sounds silly, right? But that's the stuff I had to think about, right? There was a queue in Myanmar uh, recently. They turned off the internet, right? So... This is the stuff that you got to think about, and that's not just not just the the big issues, but that filters all the way down through all levels of business. You've got to think of how this impacts, um, you know, your your organization. So I'll give you one other example: is um, what's the local uh, response to this pandemic? That's important for us right now, right? Um, because if I have all my suppliers in one country, and the country says actually. You can't even work remotely. It's all shut down, which is very, it's rare. But um, yeah, it's, and, and, and then how do I allow people to work remotely? You know, am I, am I going to allow my suppliers work remotely? And um, what are the, what are the laws there for people working remotely? Am I getting into, into more um, uh, co-employment issues there? So that's really important. So, I hope I've given you a little bit of a flavor of what the things I have to think about uh, and some examples of um, of when you are looking at a supplier, uh, how the, the, the local nuances are vital because they can trip you up really quickly. Um, and then you're down the supplier or, you know, then it's not good. Yeah, no, great answer. Um, obviously, especially with COVID going on, like there's also so much sudden change. So, I definitely know it's, it's probably pretty hard to kind of figure those things out anyways. Um, I'm actually going to kind of turn um, turn the tables just a little bit and talk about just about like cultural difficulties and all that. You were kind of mentioning that before. So this week, we've actually been reading a case study about some in, uh, an Indian call center. And we kind of had to, we were exposed to like the cultural difficulties they went through. They had to adopt the American accent to be able to talk mm. to customers over there mm. they've had to adopt a new identity just to be able to fit in in some sense so yeah. um yeah. i think like the question we kind of want to ask and we've been talking about it mostly before you came in is have you met any difficult customers or any clients um that had a customer preference like in any offshore companies even in your experience in india or even over here in ireland uh, great, great, really great question, and I, I do giggle because I've 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 faced it so much, so much. Um, so have I have I faced? Look at the end of the day, guys. Um, why are these why are these places picked? Right, cost efficiency, scalability, and skill set. Right. So the issue is, um, you know, uh, the 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 kind of that's seen as cheap, right? By 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 consumers of a brand, right? Oh, look, you don't like me. You don't think I'm uh, I'm unwarranted as a as a customer here. So you just buy cheap labor, and that is not the case. I think that's a really really uh, horrendous view on this. Um, so I have come across, uh, you know, um, people who say, look, 
uh, I, I don't want to go to a, a certain market because it, it may look like we're, we're trying to underservice our, 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 our customers. On the flip side of that, right, uh, we had, a, I, I manage a team in India. And why, why was, was I was the one managing it, right? So I, I had to fly over to India and we had to, uh, we had to, we had a, a large team of about 60 individuals managing uh, North America for this product, for this big client. And um, again, very similar to what you said, like, how do we, like the words that even we were using was how do we culturally transition somebody? I was like, wow, this is just, this is ridiculous. You know, um, let's just face facts. We're trying to, um, you know, we were trying to, you know, not get to the real issue. The real issue, right, for us when I found, when I dug deep, the real issue is that we didn't have confidence in serving, right, to, the, to North America. There was this kind of subservience culture and attitude. That was the issue for me, right? And when, when we helped the India team get over that and realized you in your brain have the solution to supply the customer with the answer. There's no subservience here. All the customer wants, they're a little bit differently culturally. They want it quicker. Understanding that um, helps you do that. So it's a massive confidence issue. These guys could build servers. Like these guys were mega intelligent, but they were taking the position on all calls as this kind of, just subservient. That's the only word I could use. And that was the issue. The issue was what was being picked up on the other end of the line was, you don't know, you don't know uh, how to solve my issue. That was, the, that was what was coming back in all the, the, the customer surveys. Knowledge, like we had a, a breakdown. Knowledge, poor. And I was like, that's not true. Actually, it's not true. So we we had to book a trend. You're not going to change massive cultural biases, right? You're not going to change that. But what you can change is how you service and market. And uh, we booked that trend hugely, hugely when we when we actually got to the real issue. Um, and I think that uh, that's just a, an insight into how. Um, Oh, I suppose how one you 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 can change that cultural mindset. Um, no one will have an issue if not a problem is solved, right? You, you, like just have good people, it, regardless if you're in Timbuktu. It, it's it's irrelevant if you can solve my problem. Now, millennials nowadays are over that issue. Millennials nowadays are over that issue. They don't care where the call is coming from, just if you're good enough. We're seeing in research and if you'll hopefully in your in your in your roles that you'll see this come through now. I honestly I I'm just scraping millennial, just scraping by 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 maybe a couple of months, just scraping. Um you you'll see it. You'll see that we actually don't care. And, and and the custom the, the next generations behind them they actually don't care they know about globalization they see videos from all over the world and all that stuff they don't really care it's just whether you deliver uh, the the right answer at the right time and that's a cultural issue you know whether you're confident or not and um, and that's what I saw was 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 the main issue so I hope that answers your question um, and gives you an insight yeah no it does and I mean I think the main thing you're kind of thinking about is 
you know, when you're outsourcing, is it more important to be customer focused, be able to adopt those cultures, or is it better to be technically focused? Um, so, In my experience, technically focused, just know the knowledge and the story. Yeah. I'm here to, you know, solve the issue. Mm. People are so time poor at the moment. It's unbelievable. Solve the issue. It's irrelevant if I'm on chat with you, whether I am in India or not. It's irrelevant. Mm. It's whether what you and what you see is you get uh, uh, two different cultures on chat answering the same question. Watch how different they answer. Immediately, some person takes a stance of subservience. Right. But look at a German answering on chat. Hey, how's it going? How can I help you? Yeah. Have you done this? Have you done that? And that's how we analyze because we had a team in Dublin with Germans on it and we analyzed the chats and we were like, ah, oh, that's this is irrelevant to the client. Whether you speak, you know, whether you're from Texas or not, irrelevant. But how they answered was different. And it was the perception of speed, knowledge, expertise, all of those things. And once we overcame that, we were laughing. So um, I think that's going to go away with the wash where you, where you have your suppliers. I really do. I think so. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I think so. I have one more question and then I'll give it out to the audience for the last few minutes. Um, and then obviously, you know, so throw your questions in the chat box if you have any. Um, but I want to ask you in your personal opinion, what makes Irish companies good suppliers? Really good. Really good. Uh, uh, really good question. I think the tax break really helps. Um, I, I jest, I jest. I think that does help, right? But nonetheless, uh, I think Irish companies are extremely agile, and I think we're we're as companies, um, I, and I don't think we give ourselves enough credit. I think culturally, we are problem solvers. Right. And I think and we we are nosy and I, and I say that in a nice way. And that's a good trait to have. We're really nosy about people's business. How do you do that? And why do you do that? And how much does that cost? And really? And so we're really nosy. And that is an amazing trait. And I'd say that to anyone. When 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 I was on the other side of the fence and I was a supplier. I couldn't wait to understand the client's business to the nth degree. I was so nosy of why they do stuff. And that is critical as a supplier. And that's, I believe, one of the things, not the thing, but it's one of the things why I think we're good at supplying because we're nosy. And um, we really want, we've, we, we've a nice altruistic kind of tra- trait in us as well that we want to do good and we want to, We've a good old, I'd love to see you doing well kind of attitude. And um, I uh, that, that comes true in every level of business that I've seen, that we like to see other people succeed. We, we, we like to help people succeed. Um, and uh, we love problem solving, right? Look throughout history, that, that's, our, that's been a cultural trend, right? We're still trying to pro- solve problems. Some of the biggest problems that the world has ever faced, we have solved, right? Huge conflicts, people dying. We, we were able to solve and come to a negotiation up in Northern Ireland, for example. And that's just in our lifeblood, right? It's in our lifeblood, you know, in our history. 
where we like we like problems uh, you know solving problems now um i could go philosophical on it and all that kind of crap but i won't but that's um that's my gist of it no it's great to hear as well and i know alan kind of commented as well and i was going to say the the nosy capability like you can tell by my accent i'm actually not from ireland even though i look irish but when i came over here the very first thing i said was people are very nosy could not understand why people but put in that perspective it actually says no they're problem solvers they're just trying to find the root of the problem the heart of the problem just by being nosy so i think that is actually a good thing irish suppliers have anyways uh so anyways um if anybody has questions ask um alan i see you have a few questions would you like to say them or do you want me to read them out no no i'm you you can skip them i don't think they're uh, they're really pertinent <clears throat> Although perhaps, okay, Bernard, um, I'm big into having clients and vendors travel to each other's sites now. In this era, that's not possible. What do you reckon? What do you think? I, I think it's a great thing. We're humans. I think the worst thing in the world, I, 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 it's a good question and very important. To build a relationship, we are human beings. And be careful, and I'd say this to everybody, of what I'm calling the great substitution, Right. I think we're in a dangerous situation where we will stop doing this. And we as human beings need to press flesh, right? We need to, hey, how's it going? Eyeball people and have that really good conversation, intimate conversation. We're social animals. We're social beings. Just be careful of the great substitution. Um, I'm hiring uh, our, for, for our team at the moment and I'm absolutely saying that we will go back to travel. We will be traveling. We will be meeting our people. We will be giving thanks to our suppliers face to face. We will be, you know, launching new sites face to face because it's, it's effective as well. I right? think of it's It's efficient, right? You can get stuff done quicker. You can, you can, take somebody's time uh uh when you're face to face and say look no no for the next three hours we're working on this and we're whiteboarding it and we're getting it done and dusted um and just for the whiteboard experience alone alan right it's nothing like a great brainstorm with people it's yeah, phenomenal so totally totally on that you, you just get a juice from it standing up and, and... right you know, and I I haven't seen that happen on Zoom and on any other VC capability. You know, it's just it's dead, and you get this dead silence, and it's like, now, nah. the minute we get get back in flights, we're we're getting to meet people and we're getting to do those uh, those whiteboard sessions. So, yeah, great question, very worthwhile, very worthwhile. Hey Bernard, thanks for your talk. I have a question back to like what do you said for Myanmar right now so like when this unexpected happen like for example your suppliers cannot use internet and uh, what will you usually do like do you tend to like always have a backup plan about another supplier or something because yeah. like especially during this year like so many in 2020 a lot of unexpected things happen so how will companies yeah. they usually deal with this yeah, great, great question, and it's down to your BCP plan. Um, <laughs> BCP plan. It's it's down to business continuity, right? Um, and you're not going to think of everything, right? Who mm-hmm. could have thought of a of a of a pandemic, right? But what has come out of this is phenomenal learning 
on how to manage a business and how not to put all your eggs in one basket. Um, a BCP plan doesn't get your business running back up 100%, right? but what it does is it keeps the critical heartbeat of your business going, right? so those critical things, so that is not a, 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 a catastrophic fallover. So we, we do have business um, continuity. So, for example, we have multiple suppliers in key areas, in key, uh, you know, lines of lines of business, right? So I wouldn't, I'm constantly looking as we scale, where's the risk? Okay, that's that's a supplier in one country for, for one business. That's mad. We can't have that. Where else can we put it, right? And, and they're the things you've got to think about for any supplier. Even even the small business needs to think about that, right? If they have a supplier that's a critical cog in what they deliver for, for the consumers, they need to have a backup plan, right? What happens if a publisher, for example, can't deliver books across the world because of the postal service, right? What are you going to do, right? Um, I was talking to a publisher friend of mine and I said to him, you get a printer, you know, different printers across the world right you, you you don't just print in one in one location you get printers across the world and he was like are you crazy and i was like no you got to think of that you got to think beyond what's normal break the status quo and think of what your business is going to do and just simple little things like that can 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 make the difference so i hope that answers your question thank you uh hi brennan um i just thanks very much for your talk it's really interesting especially after all the reading we did on this stuff already I'm just wondering then, just following up on what you just said about kind of, we talked about service integration. So it sounds to me like you like to kind of manage your suppliers pretty much directly. Um, so, or yeah. do you, do you ever like to, you know, subcontract out or have, have one supplier kind of take control and they, there's a contract between you and them and then they go and source the rest. They go and use other suppliers to do certain things. Or do you like to have that direct control uh, most of the time? Yeah, and this could be down to just either the lines of business that I've been always in or down to my personality. But um I, I, I like that 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 control. I think it's quite useful to use an intermediary when specifically around time. If you don't have time to manage the supplier, get somebody in that can manage it either internally for you or externally. Done it I've done that before in previous roles where um we were delivering some technology um uh, for for a client and we just didn't have the expertise to manage the project plan so we got an intermediary in to manage that um so expertise more so time you know because managing suppliers it takes a lot of time a lot of um you know uh waking hours all that kind of crack um so uh, expertise and time they're the two things if you can if you don't have the time get somebody in that can manage it for you. If you don't have the expertise, get somebody in and manage it for you. Um, but I was always challenged. I always say to people, what, why do you need to hire somebody externally? Why don't you have that in-house capability to manage your supplier? I would always challenge, and, and if you can't give me a good reason, then then there you go. Um, I'm not saying it's a good idea, but you always need to. When, and even with suppliers, right? Companies still need to ask themselves, why are you outsourcing this? Right, and if you can't give yourself a good reason, I, I we're constantly asking ourselves that question: Do we need to outsource this? Should should it be in house? Right, and it's always a healthy thing to ask because as a business, 
if you're outsourcing a skill, right? Is that could that be a USP that you can bring in house, right? Um, so there's always always that kind of question too. I'd I'd, I'd like to challenge things, challenge the status quo, and uh, sometimes some businesses go too far down the roost that they've so many different suppliers along their along their supply chain that all they are is is a project management team themselves, right? Which is okay, but you know why don't you why why don't you have these things in house and that skill set so business continuity low risk um and um you can pivot to other things too with with with, with teams so it's it's i think that's a worthwhile question to always have in your head that's an excellent question daddy uh, sorry for interrupting uh, bernard i just have a follow-up question to that uh would there ever be a risk of losing your skills in-house if you let's say outsource core tasks or, or core capabilities, would that ever put you at risk of saying, well, actually I've outsourced all my core tasks? And is, is that a real threat? Is that a real risk? I, I, I believe so. Absolutely. Because your brain, the, the, like you, the, the, you have a brain drain potential issue, right? And you have a skill set that you've, you, you've hyphened out to a supplier that you don't own anymore. You just kind of, kind of own it, right? And that's a that is a serious risk. Um, you've got to ask yourself the question: What am I in business for, and what should I own, and what should I not outsource? Not what I should outsource, but you can't outsource your je ne sais quoi, right? You you can't outsource your special beauty, right? You can't outsource your coding of an app, right? For example, you can outsource little bits of it, right? The you know the plug and play bits. But Google don't outsource their, their secret sauce. Uh, you know, Facebook don't outsource their secret sauce. And there's good reason for that because that's their competitive advantage. And I dare to say it, some companies outsource their secret sauce. And you look and go, what are you doing? That is, to me, an out-of-business model. Right? There is a reason the Coca-Colas of the world keep their secrets. right? Um, and so it's really always key um, and this is why you see movement on the other way. You see, you see businesses going. I tell you what, I'm. I, I know I was. I was. You're, you are my supplier, but I'm going to buy you now. And now you're mine. And and the reason why they do that is because they go. There's a risk here, guys. There's a risk here. Let's buy these in house and let's not outsource that again. So they buy instead of going. Actually, I'm going to take this all in house now. Thanks very much, but you just go away. And big companies have done that. Google, Facebook, Twitter, like big companies have done that, have gone, oh, that's too close to the bone. I'm going to buy that company now and uh, keep them. So they, they belong to us now. Right? So uh, always keep an eye out for those moves uh, uh, you know, in the news. They're not doing it for, for the good of their health. They're doing it as a, as a risk. Somebody, somebody made a risk assessment somewhere. Yeah, that's a perfect answer. Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I do see the sense of buying it because you, you kind of, they're doing it for you, basically. So you need yeah. to take that back. So it's, yeah. all, it's all about having control over your, your service at the end of the day. Yeah, 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 absolutely. 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 Yeah, your, your, your uniqueness. Yeah. Um, just, just follow up and it's just pretty, pretty similar, but I wonder then, would you agree that you can only really outsource stuff that's become commoditized like services that are just like you you said the word plug and play 
so you that's the only stuff that really should be outsourced would that be right um it depends on your like where you are in your journey as a business as well right some some companies like have to outsource because it's the only way they can scale right but with a caveat of i'm going to take that back in-house or 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 i'm going to that's part of the business that i want to grow right but for the moment i have to outsource and get a supplier in depends on 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 the strategic the five ten year strategic plan of the organization right is outsourcing part of that for the for the short term and then long term it's not or vice versa so but it's not the worst methodology or approach or to have in your head what can we commoditize right i give you an example managers in businesses i always say to my managers what can you delegate that's not that you don't have to do right and it's very similar to businesses what can you delegate that you don't have to do now if a manager says to me well i can delegate everything i go well what's the need for you then Right. What do you, what is your jeune say, God, that you bring to the table that is vital that I want you doing, um, you know, it's, it's what's that opportunity cost if you're doing something else, but you should be doing something that drives value for the organization. Right. Um, and I'd, I'd say that works all the way up and down the levels from individuals to, to organizations. What's your opportunity cost? Um, and that should be taken into consideration too, right, when you're looking at suppliers. Uh, hi, Bernard. Just a quick question. Uh, uh, I would like to come back to what you said about, uh, like the qualities of, uh, of the call centers from uh, in different locations. As you said about Germans, uh, that they're kind of, uh, I don't know, pushy and uh, confident. And, uh, in comparison with the Indian, for example, uh, call center that, uh, you feel them like a subservient. Uh, how do you, th- how do you think, uh, this factor of, uh, presence, I would say, uh, what is its role in uh, terms of choice of supplier? Uh, and yeah. if it overlapped uh, others about, uh, efficiency, scalability, skill set. Mm. What I would say it's a very Irish term. I think it's an Irish term. Uh, horses for courses, right? So when I when I gave that example about the Germans, um, that wouldn't work in every culture, right? That approach, um, you know, because I can come across quite rude in certain in other cultures too, right? So you got to be mindful. So there is horses for courses. Um, so in terms of like with, with a supplier, you'd want you want them to be able to 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 manage all the different nuances of your business, right? Um, if they can't manage, so in other words, if I'm outsourcing and there's an organization that that can't supply, let's say Germans, for example, I have to go find somebody else. And I have to say, do I want to manage two partners or do I want to find one that can manage it all for me, right? And that's a, that's a very big question for me. And that comes back to, um, you know, scalability and, what I want to do that means I have to get an extra headcount for another per- for another partner to manage and that's another headcount for me to manage you know or my team to manage my my so that that would be um that would be a big query I hope I'm answering your question and I got it right I I, I think I may have gone on a little tangent but um please correct me if I'm wrong happy to answer again I'm just thinking about uh what is the role of uh, of this cultural difference uh, in terms mm. of of the choice 
Yeah, the choice, mainly the cultural differences, well, um, are down to uh, how they match with our culture, right? with the culture of, of my organization. Right? That's the key cultural nuances that I look for. I would expect if I'm asking them to service a an area or a, or, or a global um, a, a global sphere or a, 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 like an EMEA or a, a Amina or whatever, that they have those cultural nuances and that would come out in their experience. You'd hope that they understand just as much as me, if not more so, because they're the experts in this arena, that they understand the cultural nuances. So it is very important. If they can't show that they know the cultural nuances uh, of an of um, of what I want them to supply, one area I want them to supply in, they don't get the gig. Absolutely, it, it's they don't because they'll be constantly troubleshooting. There'll be constantly cultural clashes. The the metrics will be all over the place. There, there'll be extra training. The the investment will be far too big. So it's a, it is important. Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you. These are great insights. And I hate to say it now, but we actually need to wrap up. Um, but Bernard, we really appreciate you being here again. It was great learning some insights and learning about your opinions on outsourcing and everything. Um, and we appreciate your time for coming in and talking to us today. My pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I wish you all the very best in your in your course and finishing out. If there's anything I can do in the future, shout. Sure.